You're listening to Sarah Hagen backstage with interviews and insights from years inside the music industry. Join Sarah as she talks with masters of their crafts, finding out what makes them tick both inside and outside of the music business. This week, Sarah talks with Andreas Forero. Welcome to Sarah Hagen backstage. My guest today, Andres Ferrero, is a celebrated Broadway drummer with hits such as In the Heights and Hamilton. And we will talk about that today. And we will also talk about his start in music, his incredible music education and how that shaped him, how he made it through the quarantine and all of the great projects that he has been working on. So come with me as we catch up with Andres Ferrero. Andres, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Oh my God. I'm so great. I'm so grateful to be here with you and I'm excited to be a part of your rising star. Oh, thank you. So awesome. I appreciate that. It's just great to have a chance to uh, to talk with you and catch up. I know it's, you know, this is uh, these, these uh, podcasts and YouTube interviews and all these things that that we're able to do to share with folks how we've gotten through the past year or so is so important and um it means a lot to me to be able to have a platform to speak so thank you for creating that space oh absolutely and yeah speaking of this past year tell us how how you've been and how you've gotten through it i know it has not been easy for all of us but i know you've had a quite the the year and, and a little bit of a battle too. So um, yeah, let's, let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, you know, um, I always am careful in how I talk about um, my experience with COVID because I'm hyper aware of um, so many people that have had it worse than me. But uh, my family and I uh, all got COVID. Um, somewhere in the end of the first week of March uh, into the second week. And, um, you know, it's difficult when you have kids to go through something like that because uh, you always blame yourself. And that's kind of what I struggled with the most was thinking, oh, my God, I I did something to to make my <clears throat> my kids sick. And I have three kids <clears throat> and, uh, you know, they all got sick at different times. But my wife also got very sick, and um, and that was pretty difficult for me because I, I was sick as well, but she was far worse than I was. So I had to right. figure out a way to take care of her and take care of the kids. And um, in in our house, I have a studio downstairs, which is where I am now. Mm-hmm. And so she was there downstairs while I was upstairs, and then the kids were in separate rooms. Uh, so there was a lot of running around and... Um, and that was quite a challenge, uh, having been sick myself. But somehow, thank God, I was able to to take care of them as best I could. Um, I'm not much of a cook, so I had to figure out how to do all the incredible things that she does. And um, that was a pretty humbling experience for me as well. But I think overall, the uh, COVID brought us all closer together. And um, I'd been away for so much of my kids uh, young younger part of their life when they were babies that mm-hmm. this was such a blessing for me um, you know each child was born in a different state to a different show that I was doing <clears throat> so wow um, this was much needed and it was a great 
reset. I think that's a word that you're going to hear a lot from a lot of people mm-hmm. is that this was a reset uh, for all of us to re-examine the things that were important or are important in our lives and the things that just uh, don't really matter. And uh, I'm hopeful that it'll stick. You know, you always worry that, oh my gosh, we go through these horrible uh, things, life events, and uh, eventually we go back to where we were before. I'm praying that uh, for myself anyway, I'm really mm-hmm. uh, vigilant of, of not having that uh, go back to the way it was and not taking anything for granted, you know, because we never, you never know what's going to happen. Absolutely. Yes, I agree with you. And I think that um, I think that we're forever changed in a lot of ways, especially those of us in the music industry who had a lot of friends who were sick. Um, a lot of, you know, we knew people who who passed away. Yeah. We had friends whose family passed away. And it, it's, um, I think we're forever changed in the way that you just said, you know, we don't take anything for granted and um, have a new perspective on what exactly is important and what we should spend our time on and who we should spend it with. You know, I, I can say that for myself as well. So true. And going into it, you know, there's loose ends. There's going into something like that, you know, all of a sudden Mm -hmm. you're leaving your office, which for me is the pit of the Richard Rogers theater. And right. I just left it and I was home and um, there's all these loose ends that, you know, you don't, I don't know what has gone on at the theater. Of course, it's, there's people there, but I missed that. I spent a lot of time there, you know, and you create a lot of memories and uh, my coworkers have become family, you know, the band. I'm very close mm-hmm. to all of them and they're very important to me. And in fact, the members of the band were instrumental in helping care for us while we were very sick and um so i uh i'm forever grateful to them for that and uh, so i miss i miss work i miss seeing their faces and i miss playing music like mm-hmm. everyone else so right right and it, and it gave you um a good look into how much people care about you though yes. you know i mean you you wouldn't have realized probably that those people would do that for you or you know it helps you understand how much people care, I think. Um, yeah, I agree. And they're, they're some of the most compassionate people that I've ever met in my life at, the, at that show. So I'm very grateful to them. I love that. And yeah. we definitely will talk about the show and all the things that are happening now. And I just kind of want to first go a little bit back in time and talk about your start in music. Um when you started playing drums, and I know that you also play guitar. And so um, give us an idea about your musical journey, the start of it and how how it all came to be. Sure. So my journey began really with um, listening to a Canadian pianist named Glenn Gould, who is uh, one of the greatest interpreters of box music. And uh, I would sit and watch him play and I was just enamored with him. Um, I was very young and, uh, in the house, there was a, a old school organ, Yamaha organ that, you know, um, that we could play. And there were, there were guitars there. No one was a professional musician, but, um, you know, it was good to have instruments in the house. Mm-hmm. And I just remember really, uh, being taken by a well-tempered clavier performance that Glenn Gould gave with the, um, Canadian orchestra um, 
broadcast Canadian orchestra that, that usually aired, I think, every two to three weeks. And it was the prelude in uh, C minor, and it's counterpuntal music, so you're, both your hands are doing different things. Mm -hmm. And uh, some, something about that really spoke to me. Um, and from there, I just really got interested in uh, all sorts of music because my brothers and my sister were, you know, listening. I have three older brothers and an older sister that were listening to different things. And so there was a lot of music playing in the house. Um, and I was greatly uh, captivated by the band Rush. And uh, mm -hmm. the first record that um, I ever owned was my brother's record, my older brother's record, which was Permanent Waves. And that's kind of heavy you know, as a kid to get into that kind of music. Um, yeah. How and, old were you? Um, geez, I want to say I was probably seven years old. I mean, wow. not too long after it was released. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it was it was challenging, but I didn't for some reason I, I didn't feel the uh, and I, that's really due to uh, their writing. You know, when they play odd time signatures, you really don't feel the jaggedness of a seven mm -hmm. or a six or whatever, you know? Right. So it just flowed for me. And, and to me, it was all about the melody. And um, I really was uh, drawn to Getty Lee's voice and Alex Lifeson's guitar playing, but really fell in love with uh, Neil Peart's uh, drumming. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what they were talking about. I had no idea, you know, the lyrics were much more profound than I could uh, understand at that point in my life. But the music spoke to me. So I went into this dark dark hole of studying rush and then bands mm -hmm. like boston and uh then i got into ozzy osbourne i mean it just went you know full-on hair metal to yes. um to pop even into pop you know i love fell in love with uh, Bi uh billy ocean and um r&b and that was the other thing my brothers at the time were really listening even before uh rush i really was listening to mainly uh r&b soul music mm -hmm. You know, a lot of funk, P-funk. Um, so the roots are pretty varied. And um, then the guitar sort of came in to the picture next. And uh, I wouldn't put the guitar down. I, I don't think I ever have uh, until, you know, I couldn't really play anymore from a car accident. But that's really what brought me back to music was the guitar. So, mm -hmm. um, so yeah, the guitar really became a big thing. But then, you know, in, in Rochester, where I grew up, there were... Um, there were a lot of guitar players at one point, then a lot of drummers. And and at some small window, there was a lack of drummers, if you can believe it. And so they were like, hey, listen, we need a drummer. So you're going to play drums. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm going <laughs> to play drums. And, um, you know, I, I had an interest in it, but definitely the guitar was my main focus. I just was in love with the guitar. And... I got really into into the drumming thing. And then soon after that, I fell in love with jazz music. And uh, um, yeah, I mean, I, I never really had a drum set to, to practice on. So I just played on the floor and, you know, wow. bless me. my mom, God bless her, you know, she would sit and watch me play on the couch, the armrest of this old, dingy brown <laughs> couch that we had. And I'd put on the VHS of a rush like they had several live videos at that point now we're into my you know 12 or 13 years old and 
I mean, she would just sit and listen to me and I, you know, I just would love to play along with it. And obviously the lowest frequency was the floor or the, the bottom cushion. And then the highest was like sort of the corner where I could hit the whatever metal or wood was underneath. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so and then from there, it just grew and grew and grew. And I found a place to practice at school. So when I would get to school, I could practice there on the drum set that they had and um, never really being able to take proper lessons because it was way too expensive for us. So, right. so I'm really self-taught um, on all the instruments and the drums. Uh, you know, I was able to take some lessons in college when I went to Manhattan School of Music, but for the most part, you know, I just figured it out on my own. That's amazing. Yeah. And it's so interesting, too, because I always I always associated you with jazz um, music, you know, and I that was just something that was in my head. And I didn't realize that you kind of grew up on like the the rush and the metal, um, the metal music. But I can I can see that, too. And, um, you know, similarly, I had I used to set up the pillows on the couch, like the couch pillows and set them up like in a kit formation. And that's, that's what I practiced on as well. And years later, right? (laughs) Years later, um, I spoke with Dennis Chambers. And he said, um, you know, he said, you know how I got my speed and, you know, kind of like got my chops up, I played on a pillow because it's so, you know, dead. yeah, yeah. Exactly. You have to really like use your uh, finger strength to pull it, pull the stick back. So, um, you know, maybe that contributed to, (laughs) to where you went. Um, possible. Yeah. I, I guess I should probably go back to doing that now. (laughs) Just play on the pillows, right? Play on the pillows. Yeah. (laughs) I think that's why I got my first drum set. My parents were like, okay, the couch cushions, the, the stools at the counter, you know, it's like everything was a drum set until, I had a drum set. So. You destroyed all of it until you get the drums. <laughs> yeah. like, okay, we're getting you a drum set. Right. <laughs> right. There's a lesson out there for kids, right? If you want a drum set. <laughs> Play on your parents' best table. Right. And you'll get a drum set. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so, that's so great, though. I love, like, that your older siblings and their kind of diverse music choices um, were really a benefit to you because you got a whole range of of styles to listen to and, and to get into. So that's yeah, that, super important. That would serve me greatly later in my life. And I think the biggest thing was that it opened my mind. You know, I never, I, I played in a polka band when I was in Rochester, you know, wow. I played in a big band with uh, the Lions club and the Rotary club when I was just 13 years old, I was playing with these guys that were in their sixties and seventies, you know? Um, so there wasn't a style of music that I didn't like because I didn't mm-hmm. come, I didn't come into it. I was very innocent in that sense. I didn't have any prejudice towards any music because mm-hmm. I just wanted to play, you know. And um, that really would serve me later in my life to be able to have the openness to to um, to listen to music, country music, uh, you know, folk music, classical music, Irish music, African mm. music. All of it just became. And then the more I got into it, and the more, um, you know, I was able to understand the intellect behind, you know, the, the math and the music and all the business that went on with the percussion and stuff. Then I really fell in love with percussion and drums, you know, mm. and then the guitar sort of sat in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> right. And isn't that interesting though, too? Like when you're young, you don't know why you're drawn to what you're drawn to, right. but there's just an inherent like pull toward not even just a style of music, but maybe something that um, 
is drumming heavy or mathematically complicated or, you know, and like you say with Rush, Rush does something amazing where you don't feel like it's complicated. Right. You try to play it and it's complicated. But right. when you're listening to that music, it just feels good. It feels you can sing along to it. You can move along to it. You know, Absolutely. You yeah. yeah. You're not. Say, I've heard people say, you know, you can't dance to Rush music. You can. You can yeah. move to it. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, you know, I don't look particularly good moving or dancing to any music, but <laughs> if you needed to, you know, it's the, the way that they wrote it. Um, it just moves and people can just groove to it, which is brilliant. So, I agree. That's so great. That's a um, gift. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, you know, speaking of the genres and how I mentioned how I, I think of jazz music when I think of you, I, I think that's because of the, um, your history is the, you were the UN, was it the UN jazz ambassador? Is that correct? I was one of many. Mm. So if you were lucky enough to, to be called um, to represent the US through the United Nations, um, and it was a global peace offering that the United States did with different countries. And uh, for instance, I performed in Russia. I performed in Kyrgyzstan, Kazakhstan. Wow. Um, and went you know, to Poland. I mean, I've been all over the world uh, in that setting. Uh, and our main objective was really to um, bring peace and, and communication through music. Mm -hmm. And there's sister cities. So Albany happened to have been a sister city to Tula, which is a tiny little city in, in Russia. Wow. And um, I can't say that the, the, the experience wasn't a little scary at mm -hmm. times. But it was probably one of the most gratifying things that I, I had done, at, you know, when I was uh, younger, um, to be able to represent, you know, through music. That was a big deal for for all of us that were blessed to do that. Um, I think that that platform has changed quite a bit since the climate has changed and become mm -hmm. more volatile. But um, but yeah, it's it's a really wonderful thing to be a part of that. And uh, I was really blessed to be able to be exposed to jazz mainly through my music teacher in high school, Ned Corman. Mm -hmm. And Ned uh, had a thing called the Commission Project, where he would commission someone like Paquito de Rivera or Max Roach or John Faddis, uh, Jerry Mulligan, any of these incredible luminaries to come in. And he would uh, commission a musician like at the Eastman School of Music to arrange either one of their pieces of music or something original for them. And then they would bring you know, the band together, they would invite the guests for a week, then we'd have a big concert at the end of the week. And uh, that was really, I think, a turning point in my life being exposed. You know, when you have Ron Carter sitting next to you, mm -hmm. and he turns to you and he says, more hi-hat. <laughs> I'm already <laughs> playing so nervous, you know. And when he signed a picture of him, it says, uh, you know, to Andres, uh, more hi-hat, you know. I love who, it. Who gets that? You know, those are those moments in your life where, Thank God for for my teacher and for all that he represented for all of us, um, because he he opened so many doors uh, for me. <clears throat> and later on in my life, I would go on to teach uh, special education and music in White Plains. And if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have had any success in that because he really, you know, I, I remembered how he taught us and how he brought in paintings of his wife to sort of make um examples of where there were dynamics and how we could express music through dynamics and there was different brush strokes in her art that would you know 
correlate to that. And it was kind of an abstract thing, but really worked for me because I'm very visual. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the kids that are learning are visual. So it, it was a, a great experience, but he really brought the jazz into my life. And, you know, I grew up in, in a city where Steve Gadd, Cab Calloway, Chuck Manjone, Gab Manjone came from, you know, so there right. was, there's roots there. Yeah. What is it about Rochester? I feel like it's just a hub of like, you know, uh, unbelievable musicians, you know. Um, yeah. The a, I think there's a lot of cities that are like that, you know, but yeah. Rochester because of, I, I, you know, I always turn to Steve Cadd. Right. You know, he's, he just means uh, so much to me and to so many people, but I got to play with him a duet when I was in, I believe I was in eighth grade. I don't quite remember, but the first wow. time I performed with him was a duet in at our school. And again, set up by Ned Corman. And um, there was another drummer, Bill Freeberg, who was younger than I was. And, you know, they got to do a duet together. And these are things that are life changing, you know. So uh, Steve really sort of sets the standard for me as to, you know, what Rochester means musically. Mm -hmm. And of course, Chuck Manjone, you know, he's he's a treasure for all of us that, that are from there. So. Absolutely. And how incredible that your teacher really was able to do those things. And, you know, you talked about the painting, um, yeah. connect with students on their level, you know, you yeah. were, you were a visual learner and it's just amazing that he had that, um, that vision to be able to connect with you and, and your creativity through a visual medium. That's just amazing. Yeah, but teachers are so underappreciated. Um, and, you know, to me, it's always been um, something that's bothered me. They're just, they work so hard. And they, they, we spend, you know, as a kid, we spend more time with our teachers than we do with our family. Right. And the way that they're shaped and, and the things that they end up doing, whether it's music, art, or, you know, writing or whatever, science, history, it's due to the teacher's ability to reach that student. You know, mm -hmm. I would imagine if you have a student, if, you know, you have a class of 30 students, if you can reach one or two of them, <clears throat> you've made a miracle. Like that's one of those things that that is life changing for the teacher, but yes. of course for the student as well. So that's so true. And to see, I'm sure, you know, for him um, to see you go on and, and, and teach, like you said, and then, you know, become such a performer. It's just uh that is, that is like the ultimate goal of a teacher, right? Just that's that success. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Um, he messaged me today and he sent me an email with the marquee of uh, the little theater in Rochester that had on the marquee, it said in the Heights. And he said, uh, his email was, you know, I'm sure you're very busy with all the stuff that's going on, but I thought you might want to see a picture of your hometown theater uh, in the marquee. And it just was so touching to me to, to receive that. That's incredible. What yeah. a full circle moment there. Totally. That's just amazing. Totally. Yeah. That's amazing. And you know, the talking about the um the UN um ambassador, it just it makes me think about how probably traveling at that point in your life and seeing how music connects across um, you know, it connects people globally. Yeah. Uh, that had to have been life changing for you as well. Yeah, it was. Um Anytime you get on a plane and you're going anywhere that's more than four hours away mm -hmm. as, as a child, you know, is very exciting. So just the fact that, oh, my God, I'm in college, but I'm getting on a plane and I'm leaving and I'm going to play music. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it was 
when we went to uh, to Russia, um, I had a, a band in Russia. Uh, sorry, in, in, at the Manhattan School of Music that performed all over Russia, and it was with uh, Stefan Harris and Luis Perdomo and Hans Glavishnig, mm-hmm. and um, you know John Snyder, and we we were able to to perform in all of these very poor um, places in Russia. But I'll never forget one of them. There was a, a on stage. It was like a turntable. <laughs> kind of like what we have at Hamilton. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they had it there, but my drums were set up half on and half off. And during our performance uh, in the makeshift PA system they had, uh, it, you could hear a plane, the pilots talking for landing a plane. And then all of a sudden the thing started turning oh. <laughs> and the dr- half of the drums were turning with it. <laughs> and I just stayed because I was off of it. <laughs> oh my so these goodness. are the things that happen you know when you're when you travel but you know great memories uh, we were able to touch a lot of people's lives and of course we came back completely changed uh, right. from it from it so yeah it's a great thing i don't know how that if if that exists anymore given the um you know the political structure of things now right. and the dangers that come with it but uh, we were me and many many other musicians um were blessed to, to be able to be a part of that Absolutely. And it, and it is incredible how music unites, you know, it's like yeah. a, across countries, across um, genres and ethnicities. And it's like nothing else, I don't think that brings people together. Um, yep. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what language you speak, you can feel it, you can understand it. And absolutely, you know, and I you've probably had this experience of traveling to other countries and hearing um, different American music. Uh, and just kind of being like, oh my gosh, okay, this is this is here. I I personally remember being in Paris. This really sticks out to me, and um, hearing Elvis, like a lot of Elvis wow. music, oh and gosh. thinking like, okay, <laughs> this is a thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it always I, amazes me. I think that the music uh, that we get to hear reaches, you know, uh, other countries, or at least it, it used to reach them a lot slower. Mm-hmm. Our bass player uh, at Hamilton is uh, Richard Hammond, and um, he's one of my favorite people and favorite musicians uh, that I've ever had the chance to work with. But he came from a small little city in, um, uh, uh, where the hell is he from now? Not from Australia, but anyway, so he's New Zealand. So mm-hmm. there's a tiny little place that he comes from, and he told me that you know a lot of the music came to him very late, and up to that point, you know, he was like playing the Beatles and, and that was a, a, a lot for them because, uh, you know, there was such a catalog of that, but not a lot of other stuff. So mm-hmm. other bands sort of migrated, the music migrated to them a lot later. Um, and then there were bands that he just never heard of, uh, which was incredible until he got to the States. So yeah. it, it's incredible. Like I can imagine the Elvis thing in Paris just being right. You know, you're sitting there and you hear you hear Elvis. You know that's pretty exciting. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that like you know now that everything's online and accessible in most places, there's it, it, maybe it reaches it reaches people quicker. And also maybe um, the United States is getting more influence from outside as well, not just yeah. not just from England, but from other countries. I, I feel like um, like the K-pop movement, you know, kids listening to Korean pop music, amazing. That's a that's big right now. So I love that. It's like I, I, I just love that there's culture that's coming back and forth. And 
um, you know, new genres for kids to experience nowadays. Totally. I think the more like going back to what we said, the more music that you can be exposed to, the the greater chance you'll have to work. You know, I believe that that that's mm -hmm. helped me a great deal with studio work, you know, being familiar with other styles of music. So absolutely. And and speaking of work, you have this incredible body of work um, behind mm -hmm. you. And it's, um, you know, I feel like there's so much that we could talk about there. But let's kind of delve into the Broadway shows, because you have been involved in really like some of my absolute favorite shows ever. Mm -hmm, um, you. And, you know, we, we can talk about In the Heights for sure. And that the film has been released just yeah. recently, right? Yes. Just in the past week. And I can't wait to see it. I've not seen it yet, but I will get there. <laughs> yeah, I've seen it. Uh, I think I've seen it now four times. And um, it's pretty, it was a pretty life-changing experience. Uh, the last one was the most significant with my kids and my wife there because, you know, everything I do is is for them. Mm -hmm. And that show has been a part of me since before them. And uh, it's seen me through some pretty difficult life chapters. Um, I, I don't know that there's another musical setting that has affected me more than being a part of that show, things that have happened to me. Uh, you know, three different marriages, uh, losing a child, losing my left ear, and then almost losing my life in a car accident. So there's a lot there. There's quite a lot. And it, and it it's such an emotional journey for me. So having seen the movie and heard myself playing, you know, that's just, it's incredible. And then to see the kids react to it, my kids react to it was just great. That is, that is amazing. Yeah. I can, I can imagine you watching that and hearing the music and it bringing back all of those experiences to you. It has yeah. to be emotional. Super, super yeah. emotional. Yeah. A lot of gratitude. And so, what do the kids think? Do they, um, you know, what, what do they think about the, the movie and the music? Uh, they, they loved it. I mean, they were, they sat quietly and, you know, my daughter's six mm -hmm. and my other son's eight and my oldest son is 11. So they, were so well behaved and I could tell that they were captivated by it. And um, it meant so much to me just to, to see them look back at me, you know, when certain moments where they heard the drums or mm -hmm. something that moved them in the story. So um, yeah, it, it was a, a great experience to, to be with them. But um, like I said, the show is, has really taken me down all these windy roads. So uh Absolutely. I've been with it for almost 20 years. So that yeah, and that's and that is pretty incredible. And I and I, you know, we've talked in the past about how music, whenever something is happening in life that's not easy to deal with, music is always there. You yeah. know, music is there to save, you know, save us in a way. And um, would you say that, you know, in the heights is really kind of like that that music for you through that journey? Um, yeah, definitely. I, I, I feel the, 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 the story, I feel the characters. Um, but you know, when I started with the show in 2002, it was a different show and my role was playing percussion drum set and a bucket and the mm -hmm. storyline was completely different. And we were shopping it around to, you know, producers and, and whatnot. And you do a lot of these readings and workshops 
And it was essentially uh, that in the beginning. And then, you know, after that passed, I was in a car accident that took me out for some time. And um, fast forward to when it went to Off-Broadway, I got a phone call. Um, and uh, at that point, I had sort of returned to being uh, kind of normal and being able mm -hmm. to move around on my own. And um, they said, listen, you know, we'd like for you to audition for, for the Off-Broadway thing. And I was very, very scared to do that because I didn't know. I mean, I was taping the sticks to my hands because I had no muscle memory. Mm -hmm. So I was very nervous and talking to my doctor and he's like, just do it. You know, if you if you want to do it, you should do it. And so I went and auditioned and it seemed to me like they had already picked someone, you know, for the for the drum chair. But they were nice enough to give me the chance just because of the association with Lynn before. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I, I did a good audition with with uh, the circumstances, given you know that I really was paranoid that I was going to drop the sticks, but I ended up not taping them and I just played normally. And thank God I didn't, you know, drop the sticks at all during mm -hmm. the audition. But the way they do it is that they send you uh, three tunes for you to work. And then there on the spot, they give you one to sight read and then they, they give you another one to play with the electronics. And I had never played with electronics at that point. Never. Oh, wow. So they're, yeah, I was freaked out. And so they're like, you know, well, this one's going to be with the electronic pads. They're like, you've worked with them before, right? And I was like, oh, man, what do I do? I say yes or no. And so I said, yes, uh, you know, I've worked on them. I'm like, sorry, that's not really true. But um, and thankfully, it was just utilizing two of the pads and two of the sounds. And I got through it, you know, and I didn't really care at that point if I got the gig or not, just because for me, the opportunity to just be uh in front of someone else after what i had been through with this car accident it was that was enough for me and if i got through the audition i was like wow that's kind of a victory in itself yes um, so i got a phone call from my dear friend uh, alex lackamore who was the musical director uh and he said hey listen you know we're we're not really sure uh i, I think we have someone but you did a great audition and um you know we'll we'll be in touch with you and I was like, oh, this is great. You know, thank you. And just hearing that was a victory. Like I said, you know, so grateful. And then maybe 10 minutes later, he called and was like, um, so we want you to play drums for the show. And I just freaked out. You know, I, I, couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't believe it uh, that I was, you know, uh, that I had a job. It was yes. one, and one like this, you know, like I created the drum set. You know, I, I, I created that drum set. And I didn't know what I was doing. I just knew that I was going to need all these different sounds based on, you know, the music that they had sent. And so I had to create this giant footprint of a drum kit. And um, it's it was sort of like a, a private little fantasy dream come true because I've always loved Neil Peart. And I don't think I had as many uh, electronic drums, but I definitely had as many acoustic drums as he did in his setup. So it I started all the way to the left and just went all the way around. <laughs> And um, yeah, so that that was sort of the way that things got started with that with that show. And um, after we did the off Broadway run, which was very successful at Thirty Seven Arts in New York, um, we had a six month hiatus. And then you know they moved us to uh, Broadway at the Richard Rogers Theater, which is ironically where I am now with Hamilton. Mm -hmm. So um, so yeah, it's been quite a journey. And in between that time, so many things happened to me, you know, while we were 
uh, in transition or while we were off Broadway, uh, that it really left, you know, uh, left an imprint on me and on my life. So uh, it's the most impactful uh, musical experience I've ever had in my life, my career so far. That is amazing. And let's just acknowledge too, you know, how how far you came from that accident. And I remember you telling me about the accident, um, you know, shortly after we met and became great friends and you shared with me that experience and it just sounded really scary. And it's such a miracle that you made it back from that and to become, you know, the player that you have become. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. You know, I, the, I lost a lot. Um, I lost a lot, but gained more, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, before the accident, I was really tech, technical and I, I had a lot more chops then than I do now. And I was a much stronger drummer. You know, I could do so much more with independence and all that stuff. But the one thing that is important for me now well, which wasn't as important then because I just really wasn't aware of it was just the simplicity of playing for the, the, the music playing for the song mm -hmm. and melody just became everything. And I knew what my limitations were. I, I know them, you know, I see lots of videos. There's so many wonderful drummers that are putting out content, you know, and one of my uh, hurdles and resolutions always is to put out more content and be more visible. Um, it's hard for me to do that when there's already so much stuff uh, who needs one more, you know, one more guy doing this or doing that? You know, there's just so much great stuff out there. Um, but uh, yeah, I've, I've simplified and I've focused so much more on melody and the harmonic part of music, mm -hmm. which um, changed. And I already came from a, a place where, you know, uh, harmony and melody were the most important thing for me because I played instruments that, you know, like guitar and piano and bass. So I have a, a, a deep appreciation for it, but now it's so much on a different level just because my limitations, I know what they are and it's okay with me, you know? Right. Before I was like, oh my God, I can't do what this guy does. I suck, you know? Yes. Now, <laughs> I still sort of feel like I suck, but at least I, I, I found my little, uh, I found what I can do as, as well as I can do it. And um, my my objective has always been to make it feel feel good, whatever it is that I do, and to make other folks feel relaxed mm -hmm. when you're playing with a click and just to let them know, hey, I got this. No matter what, I'm going to support everyone because that's what we do. We're supposed to be supportive. Uh, and um, and I, I think I focused mainly on that more than I do. But there are moments when we can, you know, have fun let loose you. a little bit yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. well first of all you do not suck so let's just put that out there <laughs> <laughs> thank you well and you know i think i think it's really important what you're saying and you know you shouldn't be hesitant to put content out there because that's a really important lesson to learn about letting go of the you know some sometimes the the need or the desire to go a little bit more crazy with it and just kind of focus on like what the music needs, yeah. what, you know, what really fits in there. And yeah. you do that so well. So I, I think you should put more content out personally, but <laughs> thank you. Well, you know, my manager, and my uh, drum tech are always pushing me to do that stuff. And right. I have a lot of drummers that I admire so much that do 
put out content so effortlessly and when they putting it out it's every every video is meaningful and right. to me every one of them is a lesson so i feel like you know well i really did take something from this so maybe there is something that there's that, something there maybe yeah there's something that we can do that that will inspire someone or at least i'll inspire myself to to get better or whatever but um it's it's definitely a humbling experience uh you know when you're in the studio to mm -hmm. go back and hear yourself play or videos are just awful for me to i i can't stand to watch myself play i can't stand to listen to what i play you know so uh those are things that i'm working on to improve a little bit and i think you know we'll start putting some things out this year yeah yeah and we're always our own worst critics it does, yeah. you know no matter what that 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 will always be the case but um but you you know i'm inspired by you and i know you. that so many others are so thank you um, very much anything I, you anything you put out will be well received i appreciate um, that well absolutely and you know let's talk a little bit about hamilton too because broadway is opening back up in just a few months and it's so yeah. exciting it's it's ex exciting and scary at the same time because yeah. it's like, oh my god there's 50 what songs that i have to relearn again and get ready yeah. to play you know three hours three hour show uh no i'm grateful you know september 14th is our big return date and that's going to be our first show back so it's, that's amazing it's, it's really really exciting yeah and you know hamilton is just it's such a huge huge show i remember um talking to you about it with the you know the the just the popularity of it and it was sold out always sold out and it was like the hottest ticket that everybody wanted tickets to hamilton um and i finally saw it on disney plus and have not been to the show which i will get there but um, you, you have to come we'll, oh we'll my figure gosh. that out we'll figure it out once we get back to you know can you imagine when the show just closes and you have like months and months maybe even a year of tickets pre-sold yeah, how they have to deal with that. So once we get past oh, all yeah. of that, you're gonna be my guest at the show for sure. You have to well, come and sit with me, and then sit in the audience. You know, that's usually the funnest way to do it. I appreciate that so much, and I can only imagine what it's going to take to get everything back on track with all the ticket holders and all of that. But you know, it will be just incredible. I mean, I can't even think about it because I'll get emotional about it. But just being together with other people enjoying music. Yeah. Yeah. watching you know something amazing like that just the you know the the disney plus version that i got to see was just amazing and um you know telling history telling a story in yeah. that way in the way that it is told through the oh, music yeah. it's just amazing thank you yeah they they did an incredible job you know lynn is um brilliant alex lackamore brilliant and uh andy blackenbuehler the lighting folks, I mean, everyone just sort of was, they were all at the right place at the right time. And um, when they get together, they create. And Lynn is a very, um, he's very faithful to the people that he's worked with. And mm -hmm. so is Alex. And um, so they brought back basically the original team from In the Heights to do mm -hmm. this and included the theater that we did, which shows a lot and says a lot about their character. Um, yes. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's been a crazy ride and i think that the next year is going to be equally as crazy because it's almost like oh my god we're debuting again you know yes who gets that you know, I know. Never get that chance. <laughs> oh shoot we're starting over again you know um so yeah it's very exciting 
and um, a little bit nerve wracking, like I said, because there's a lot of responsibility and bringing back the thunder that was mm. when you left, you know, and by the time we left, we had the show had sort of uh, continued to evolve. You know, the shows I always tell folks that, you know, the, the shows are, are written and by your second year, you know, you've got pretty much everything in place, but it finishes evolving when it's ready or when it there's just no more there's nowhere else for it to go but mm -hmm. it will continue to evolve uh throughout and i believe that we're going to go through that again just because we've all been through so much and been a away for so long so absolutely yes and i think about the fact that you know there are multiple <laughs> um actors who have who play each part and who have played each part and how that must uh, it must be really like like you're saying, it's always evolving because you always have new um, people and kind of personalities that are added into the mix and have their own take on that character. So, yeah, um, for sure, for sure. And that's pretty cool. You know, it's exciting to think um, that we're going to get a new wave of, you know, younger audience as well, because it's mm -hmm. been a year, you know, so um, some people that weren't old enough to see it when we were running, we'll be able mm -hmm. to see it now. So it's exciting. That's so true. Sure. And, and I'm sure a lot of people who saw it on, you know, in at home during the quarantine, um, like I did, are going to just want to get there and see it, you know, live as well. Totally. Um, and I also, I know I mentioned this to you before, but I would be so happy if Lynn just told all the stories in history through, you know, in, in theater, because it's just so fantastic to, to learn about, you know, the history that way and pieces that you didn't hear about in school when you're just learning dates and names and places and trying to memorize all that stuff. It kind of puts a different spin on it, especially totally. for people who are visual learners. Me. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, one of the things, too, about Hamilton that always strikes me is the the celebrity um, aspect to it. So, you know, so many people, not just, you know, are just not just us, like, you know, regular people, but the celebrities that go and see the show and that um, want to see the show. And I remember seeing a picture of you um, with Paul McCartney, right? Oh, my From God. One of the shows and it you must have met. I mean, just like everybody at this point. I've met a lot of people that one in particular was um, really really spectacular uh and i'm so grateful to uh aaron our uh one of our violinists uh who had the the uh frame of mind to actually take that picture otherwise it would have you know never happened mm -hmm. but boy it was he was so enthusiastic about the drums and the drumming and the music as a whole and the show of course but he was so keen on meeting the band, you know, that he requested for all of us to be able to go. This was a long line of people that wanted to meet him. Wow. And um, he was, uh, he was just so gracious, you know, like when I tell people that, you know, a lot of times when these celebrities come, they treat us like celebrities. Mm -hmm. And for them, it's like everything switches, you know, um, I'll never get used to that. But it's, it's a great thing to know that, you know, the people that you admire so much or that you see and you wonder what they're like. They're just normal, uh, wonderful people. Jim Carrey was another one. Will Smith, Oprah Winfrey, uh, Queen Latifah, such wow. beautiful people, just, you know, humble and, and kind. Um, so, yeah, it's it's been great meeting all these folks. And um, after a while, it stopped being nerve wracking, you know. 
Sure. Uh, they're just they're just there to say hi, you know. So it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, and they're there to see you and see you perform, which is pretty amazing. And I don't know if you can see. Can you see the audience from where you are? No. Or are you? Oh, that's no. probably good because I think I would be. That would be nerve wracking if you could and you yeah. looked out and saw like no, Paul I, McCartney in the audience or something. I can hear them and I can always hear the MD saying, you know, who's going to be in the audience or, you know, they might give yeah. us a heads up, um, which can be good or cannot be good depending right. on who's there. But um, but yeah, it's it's always nice afterwards, you know, where they invite us, they'll say, hey, you know, this person's on stage or in the back room and we, they want to meet the band and the cast and all that. And so sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't, you know, Prince was there, I think maybe a week before he passed away. He had his own, wow. he brought, he brought his family and the family sat in the audience and he wanted his own balcony. And so, um, sadly I was not there for that performance. I subbed out, but he invited everyone afterwards to a after private after party where he was DJing. And wow. uh, so he, he, you know, some people want to meet in that setting. Other people want to meet away from that setting. So, sure. But yeah. either way, it's it's just great to know that they came to the show and enjoyed it. So absolutely. That's that's so great. And I, I can picture Prince like parting away into the evening, you know, DJing a set. Like <laughs> Yeah, he he uh talk about uh huge influence on my life. He's definitely, you know, huge, huge for me. Him and Stevie Wonder were probably I would say uh and you know, someone like Dave Grohl is someone that I admire greatly and I got to spend time with Dave at the show and he sat down at my drums and played and um that's so great yeah very cool that's so great and you know it's interesting too because sometimes we forget that um these people are people are also fans of the music you know yeah. and fans of music in in general and I think of I think of Dave as someone like that like he's he's a music fan too at the at the core he's yes. a fan of music and drumming and yeah, other ab drummers absolutely and listen he's like you know for me, he's the ideal because he plays guitar and he plays drums, but he plays piano and plays bass. He's one of those guys that, that does it all, you know, um, and he was so nice and so sincere and the kind of person that you would never, you know, you would never have an issue with on any level. He's just such a calm, uh, generous, compassionate person. So um, that was a highlight for me. You know, one that I'll never forget. And of course, seeing him play was great. You know, Steve Gadd came and he played the drums. I usually try to get them. If it seems like it's okay, I'll try to get them to play a little. And I created a, a little video thing of all the drummers that have been there to play. So I'll have to that share that with you. That is super cool. Yes, I yeah. would love to see that. That's really amazing. And, you know, what a, what a full circle um, experience to have Steve there sitting at your drums, you know, after growing up and being from the same place and, you know, looking up to him, that's just so incredible. Yeah. It's been incredible. Uh, I, the, the blessing of having Steve Smith and his wife, Diane sit in the pit with me for one of the shows. And Steve has become, you know, just a huge uh, part of my life. And we're, we're very good friends and someone, he's someone that I admire. I love him and, and Diane dearly. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I, it, the second that he was, in the pit i was nervous and then it all just washed away and i because i got into the music and when you come to see the show when you get to sit with me you'll see it's like playing a rock show you know mm -hmm. and um because we really play and he was just so lovely and uh it, it meant uh i think it meant as much to him as it did to me and, and as well to diane you know and 
uh, that that's one of those moments in my life that I'll never forget. And we that still is, talk about it all the time. I love that so much. Yes. And, you know, Steve and Diane are two of the sweetest human beings ever. I just, I love yeah. them too. And yeah, I mean, I love that you're having that experience as well with them. And, you know, and that should show you too how how you fit into this community of drummers as well and, and the music community as a whole. But um, yeah, absolutely. That these these drummers are are there to see you too and experience your music and your playing. So yeah, it's been a it's a blessing for sure, and uh, I appreciate it. So who knows, you know, who we're gonna get this time around when we start up again. But yes, we'll we'll keep the video uh, collection of folks. Keep it going. Yeah, we'll that will be going. an amazing thing to have yeah, for, for sure. sure. Yeah. Um, so we have in the Heights in the theaters, right? So. Everyone should go and check that out. Just like me, get myself to the movie, <laughs> to the movies. <laughs> yeah. Um, and um, and then Broadway opening back up, and you said September fourteenth. Yep, September fourteenth. We right. go back. Yep, very excited about that. It's amazing. And, and it, uh, in the Heights is also on HBO Max. You know, some people don't want to go out, which is understandable, but they yes. can see it on HBO Max as well. So, and they I can do buy, have. I think they can buy the soundtrack now. It's available. Oh, perfect! And I do have HBO Max, but I'm holding off. It might yeah, not be able you'll, to help you'll, no, you'll love <laughs> the, the theater experience is if someone were to ask me, what would I, I would go to the theater because it's so big and it's so loud. And yes, it's, it's actually in um, IMAX near me. So oh, that's awesome. Right. To, so yeah, I, that's my plan. That. I just have to get myself there, just get myself moving out of the house, out of this office. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you're busy. It will happen. Um, yeah. And, and then, you know, um, so those are the things that you have coming up. Is there anything else we should look for you on? Yeah, I um, I did a record with uh, Raul Midon, which is um, called The Mirror. I'm very proud of this record. Um, and it's it's out and available. Raul is a, a guitar player, a singer, songwriter, um, plays percussion and does this mouth trumpet thing. And mm. he's a hero of mine, you know, and uh, I never in my life thought I'd get to work with him. And somehow it, it, it all happened. So I'm on that playing percussion and drum set for a majority of the album. And uh, I think down the line, you know, once things return to normal, Raul will make his way back here and uh, we'll get to play together again. Um, I also have a new podcast with uh, Vinny Valentino, guitar player, um, that plays with Steve Smith and mm -hmm. uh, plays with a ton of people, a very dear friend of mine for over 20 years. Uh, we have a new show called Guitars and Memoirs. And so we interview guitarists and uh, we talk all things guitar and gear and, you know, geek out a little bit on that stuff. And so we have one every month. Uh, so the next one is going to be Raul's. Uh, it's a two-part interview that will be out uh, tomorrow on YouTube. So um, check that out. And um, there's a lot of projects coming up for this year and next year. A lot of things. I have another film coming out. Uh, it's an animated film called Vivo that I play drums on. Um, that is a uh, Sony uh, animated film. And it's with Gloria Stefan. It's another Lynn uh, movie with Alex Lacamoire uh, doing the orchestrations and writing some of the music. So uh, mm -hmm. that I believe that will be out in Netflix on Netflix uh, in July. I, I don't know what the exact release date is, but uh, it's a beautiful story. And if you get a chance to share it with your kids, uh, it's, it's a movie for adults as well. So mm -hmm. just check that out. I mean, it's a very touching movie. So That's fantastic. I, 
I will make sure we link everything too in the um, bio, um, in the comments for YouTube. Um, so that in the description, that's the right word, Sarah, <laughs> in the YouTube description, we will link all of these things so that everyone can um, check them out for sure, because that's, that's, awesome. that's so great. And I'm so happy that you have been, you know, hanging in there through this yeah. and working on all these projects and getting these things out there because, you. you know, like I said, we all really, really appreciate you and cannot wait to see you back in person. Um, Likewise. Yeah, sooner well, sooner than later it will happen. Well, listen, you are um, you are loved by many 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 people. I'm sure you know that. Um, Thank but, you. you know, you're one of those people that um, can't do wrong, and you're you're well respected and and admired and loved. And and I, I hope you know how much you mean to so many of us. And it's an Thank honor to be so on this uh, show with you. I really appreciate it. Oh my goodness. Well, I appreciate you right back. And I'm going to give you a giant virtual hug because I just wish I could squeeze you right now. <laughs> thank you. But um, soon enough, for sure. And thank you for your kind words and for your time today. Thank you. I sweetie. just appreciate it very much. Likewise. And I will see you soon. We'll see you soon. All right. Thank bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in today. Join us each Tuesday for new episodes of Sarah Hagen Backstage.